Chapter Fifteen of Vicky Van by Caroline Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fifteen. Fibsy. Next morning, as I started for my office, I found myself combating a strong impulse to call in at Ruth Schuyler's. I had no errand there, and I knew that if she required my services, she would summon me. It was no longer incumbent on me to try to unravel the murder mystery. Fleming Stone had that matter in charge, and his mastermind needed no assistance from me. And yet I wanted to stop at the Fifth Avenue house, if only for a moment, to reassure myself of Ruth's well-being. Though above me in social rank, the little widow seemed to me a lonely and pathetic woman, and I knew she had begun to depend on me for advice and sympathy. Of course she could turn to Fleming Stone, but in a way he was adviser of the Schuyler sisters, and I knew Ruth hesitated to intrude on his time i was still uncertain whether to call or not and as i walked along the few feet between my own house and the avenue i crossed the street as i reached vicky van's house and naturally looked at it as i passed and after i had passed the flight of brownstone steps and was going along by the iron fence i turned to look at the area door this was my performance every morning and always without thought of seeing anything of importance but this time the area door stood halfway open and looking out was a boy a red-headed chap with a freckled face and bright wise eyes i turned quickly and went into the area gate who are you i demanded and what are you doing here i'm fibsy he said as if that settled it fibsy who i asked but i dropped my indignant tone for the lad seemed to be composedly sure of his rights there ah just fibsy that's me name because if you want to know because i'm a natural-born liar and i fib for a living he was impudent without being offensive his wide smile was good-natured and the twinkle in his eye a friendly one i got your number he said after a comprehensive survey of my person you're c calhoun ain't you i sure am i agreed meeting his taste for the vernacular and now for your real name terence mcguire he smiled and with a quick gesture he snatched off his cap come on in if you like i'm f stone's right-hand man what i cried in amazement yep that's what i'm well i like to call myself his caddy i follow him round and hold his clues for him till he wants one then i hand it out you see not entirely but i gather you're in mr stone's employ you bet i am and i'm on me job twenty-four hours a day and what is your job just now well since eight a m i've been holdin up this door waitin for your honour to pass by and i got you didn't i yes i am here i stepped inside and the boy closed the door we went into the front basement room where there was a lighted gas stove i camp here count of the heats there's no use for gettin up the steam for the few casual callers that drops in at present now mr calhoun i don't want to be stuffy nor nothin but mr stone said i might ask you some few things if i liked and you can answer or not as you like this ain't no official investigation but i s'pose you're as interested as anybody in findin this here victoria van allen i'm interested in finding the murderer of mr schuyler i replied and maybe they ain't one and the same that's so he spoke thoughtfully and scanned my face with a quizzical glance but of course mr stone'll find out now mr calhoun if you don't mind will you give me a line on that maid person that julia 
julie she is called all right julie goes is she a young thing no just this side of middle-aged probably thirty-five or so good looker why about average brown hair brownish eyes really i never noticed her closely enough to think about her appearance she is i'm sure a good servant and devoted to miss van allen but don't you know anything special anything that would pick her out from a lot of other good servants in appearance you mean yes i can't think of anything let me see she wears glasses what sort i don't know just ordinary glasses i guess spectacles or nose riders i'm not sure spectacles i think and she has a great many gold-filled teeth front ones yes that is they're very noticeable when she speaks to you well that's something is she quick and spry-like or pokey i smiled at the boy's eagerness she's rather alert i said but of course quiet and respectful i never looked at her with any personal interest so i can only give you my general impressions you see it's this way and the boy looked very serious wherever miss van allen is that julie's there too and when miss van allen wants errands done of course she sends julie and of course said julie is disguised i dope out all this has to be so for miss van allen has mailed letters and-oh well of course she could mail letters in lots of ways but someone tells me that she depends on miss julie as an errand girl so i want to find out the look of the julie person and see if i can't track her down and so get at miss van allen vicky van i believe her friends call her they do said i looking sternly at the boy and i'll say right here i'm one of her friends and i won't stand for any impertinence or any remarks of any sort about that lady if she is suspected of this crime let the law take its course but until there is some direct evidence don't you dare to connect her name with it i'm only obeying mr stone's orders and take it from me mr calhoun i ain't so fresh as to make remarks about a lady i'm a prevaricator of the truth but only when it's absolutely necessary and on the other hand i'm a born protector of women why i'd be only too tickled to find a gentleman suspect or at least to clear miss van allen from all spition why do you feel such a kindly interest in the lady this house for one reason you see i've been all over it at mr stone's orders and i realize what a nice lady she is i don't have to see her to understand her tastes and accomplishments why just the books on her centre tables and the records for her phonograph spell her out for me in words of one syllable and though i'm hunting for her it isn't with a solid hunch that she's the knife-sticker not by no means but find her i've got a because f stone says for me to i looked at the boy more curiously he was a strange admixture of street boy and sleuth his quick darting eyes were never still but warily alert to catch the meaning of any sound or motion on my part i felt as if he read me through and would not have been surprised to have him tell me he knew of my recent communications with vicky but i only said you are then mr stone's right-hand man i put it that way yes but really i'm his apprentice and i'm learning his trade i study his methods and i add some gumption of my own and if i can help him i'm glad and happy and anyway i'm learning 
and this talk about your lying is that straight goods if it is how can you believe what i tell you he asked whimsically but i used to be a fierce liar then gettin in with f stone made me see it's wrong to lie usually that is so i don't now leastways not much only when it's just the only thing to do to save game how does mr stone know when you're telling the truth then good land i don't lie to him i wouldn't and if i did it wouldn't be any use he'd see through me quicker'n scat but honest i wouldn't you see he's my idol yes sir my idol that's what that man is well mr calhoun as you've told me all you can pry loose from your stock of information you and me may as well make our adduces how do you know i haven't revealed all i know of the case oh i read from your mobile countenance that you're keepin' somethin' back but it don't matter f stone'll nail it when he gets good and ready what i wanted from you was mostly the speakin' likeness of the julie dame and i guess i got it oh say one other thing who among miss van allen's friends is an artist miss gale is one miss ariadne gale thank you sir and will you give me her address i did so and then i went away thinking fleming stone a queer sort of detective to have for assistance such an illiterate uncultured boy as fibsy the name was enough to condemn him but as i thought the little chap over i realized that his talk had been clear-headed and to the point besides showing sagacity and perspicacity it was growing late but after this interview i felt i must see ruth for a few minutes so called at the schuyler house she greeted me cordially and seemed glad to see me winnie was still acting as secretary for her but the rush of notes of condolence was over and as ruth was not of course giving or accepting social invitations there was not so much work for win as at first but the two had become fast friends and winnie told me how they sat together chatting often for pleasant half-hours at a time i told ruth about the strange boy at vicky van's house yes she said i've heard about him mr stone picked him up somewhere and he uses him as a sort of outside scout he has all confidence in him though i believe the little chap rejoices in the name of fibber fibsy i corrected he is certainly a bright youth and he plans to hunt down miss van allen by means of her maid julie are they together we only suppose so it seems probable that miss van allen would want the help if not the protection of her servant julie is a most capable woman and devoted to her mistress i've heard so i have a kind thoughtful woman too and i should miss her terribly were i without her oh but your tibbets is a servant and nothing more this julie was a real friend to miss van allen and looked after her in every way housekeeper maid nurse and general bodyguard yes miss van allen must have needed such a person since as i am told she lived alone my sisters-in-law are quite in love with the van allen house both they and winnie have been singing its praises this morning it seems your vicky van is a lady of most refined tastes she certainly is i can't help thinking if you and she had known each other in favourable circumstances you would have been friends it may be i have never felt sure that she is the guilty one but i have changed my mind about not wanting her to be found i do want that she should be 
mr schuyler's sisters have shown me that to hesitate at or neglect any means of hunting her out would be wrong and so i am glad we have mr stone and i hope he will succeed in his search what changed your mind especially i realized that it would be disloyalty to my husband's memory to let his possible slayer go free the girl must be found and then if she can be freed of suspicion very well but the case must be investigated fully i dare say you are right mr schuyler was a man of importance and influence and aside from that every deed of blood calls for revenge i honour you for deciding as you have it is justice that moves me more than my personal inclination ruth went on i will not deny mr calhoun that in some ways my husband's death has freed me from certain restrictions that hampered and galled me i shouldn't mention this to you but i know the sisters have told you that i have in many ways gone counter to mr schuyler's wishes since i have been my own mistress it is true he and i disagreed greatly on matters of the household and matters of my personal comfort and convenience now that i can do so i am arranging my life differently it is natural that i should do this but the schuyler ladies think that i have begun indecently soon i say this not by way of apology but because i want you to understand ruth looked very sweet and wistful as she seemed to make a bid for my sympathy i was impressed anew by the soft pallor of her face and the sweet purity of her grey eyes i contrasted her with vicky van one the embodiment of life and gaiety the other a gentle dove-like personality which however hinted sometimes at hidden fires i believed that ruth schuyler had been so repressed so dominated by her brute of a husband that her nature had never expanded to its own possibilities and like a blinding flash of lightning the knowledge came to me that i loved her it was no uncertain conviction the fact sprang full-armed to my brain and my heart swelled with the bliss of it i scarcely dared look at her i couldn't tell her yet i had no reason to think she cared for me other than as the merest acquaintance yet then and there i vowed to myself that she should care i thought of vicky van poor little vicky she had interested me did interest me but in only a friendly way indeed my interest in her was prompted by sympathy for her luckless position and the trust she had reposed in me i would hold her trust sacred i would never play false to vicky van but henceforth and for ever my heart and soul belong to my liege lady my angel-faced ruth what is the matter mr calhoun i heard her saying and i looked up to see her smiling almost gaily at me your thoughts seem to be a thousand miles away oh not so far as that i protested somehow i felt buoyantly happy i had no wish to tell her of my love at present i was quite content to worship her in secret and i exulted in a sort of clairvoyant knowledge that i should yet win her i smiled into her dear eyes as i continued they were really round the corner in vicky van's house to my delight she pouted a little let's talk of something else she said i've no doubt miss van allen is charming and her home a perfect gem but i own up i'm not anxious to discuss her all the time and with every one you shall be exempt from it with me i promised henceforth her name is taboo between us and you shall choose our subjects yourself then let's talk about me 
now you know mr calhoun i never see mr bradbury so you must be my legal adviser in all my quandaries first and this is a serious matter i don't want to continue to live with the schuyler ladies we are diametrically opposed on all matters of opinion and disagree on many matters of fact ruth smiled and i marvelled afresh at the way her face lighted up when she indulged in that little smile of hers nor she went on do they want to live with me so it ought to be an easy matter to please us all as to the house and furnishings they are all mine but if the sisters prefer to live here and let me go elsewhere i am willing to give them the house and its contents i know you don't care for this type of residence i said indeed miss schuyler said yesterday as we looked over vicky van's house that it was just the sort of thing you liked oh i can't think i would like her house i supposed it was a plain little affair harmonious and pretty when he says but she didn't give me the impression it was elaborate no it isn't and it wouldn't be as grand as your home ought to be but mention of the girl is not allowed i believe she smiled again and resumed well i want you to sound the schuyler sisters and find out their wishes when i speak to them they only say for me to wait until after the mystery is solved and all this horrid publicity and notoriety at an end but i want to go away from them now i want mr stone to do his work and i hope he will find that girl and all that but i can't stand it to live in this atmosphere of detectives and reporters and policemen any longer than i must would it do for me to go to some quiet hotel for a while i could take tibbets and just be quietly by myself while the schuylers continue to live in this house i thought it over i understood perfectly how she hated to be questioned continually as to her life with her late husband for i was beginning to realize that that life had been a continuous tragedy nothing much definite but many side-lights and stray hints had shown me how he had treated her and how patiently she had borne it and now he was gone and i for one didn't blame her that she wanted to get away from the scenes of her slavery to him for it had been that he had enforced his ideas and opinions upon her until she had been allowed to do nothing and to have nothing as she wished and now she desired only peace and quietness somewhere anywhere away from the two who represented randolph schuyler's tyranny and carping criticism without his right to obtrude them on her i will speak to them i said and i am sure we can arrange some mode of life for you which will give you rest and freedom of judgment oh if only you can as she held out a friendly hand End of chapter fifteen